Welcome to the Geek Matrix. As I'm sure you already heard me say that, because that's in our intro song. But I have it in the script, because it's fun to say. <laughs> I like it. It is the DC Comics Review Show number 164. Holy shit, we've been doing this a while. <laughs> doesn't yes, doesn't feel like it, but at the same time, it does. Almost is... two years, it's crazy. Yeah, right? That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's been... Was it? 2021. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, I know it feels like a long time ago. Yeah, it must be over that then. This is 2023. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait. So it's been all, all, that was the later half of 2021. Yeah. yeah. Or oh, no, we, wait, wait, we, wait, oh, wait. No, we've February. already, yeah, I've already done the second annual uh, awards thing. So, I mean, yeah, it has yeah, to have yeah, been, been two years. Two yeah. freaking years. And oh, I wow. did that a while ago. Yeah. yeah, I That's, completely forgot. That's you guys crazy. are very resilient, having stuck with me this long. <laughs> I'm having a blast. I am. I, I won't speak for Brandon because I don't like to speak for other people, but I'm having a blast. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a good time. Um, speaking of good times, there's nothing that sounds like a better time than getting the hell off of Twitter. <laughs> uh, the link hasn't been added I, to our website actually, yet. Don't you mean X? No, I mean uh, and, you can, and you can geek. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. The link isn't up on our website yet, www.thegeekmatrixpod.com, where you do find links to all of our socials, Substack, and all of that stuff. But we are now officially on Blue Sky, so hopefully Twitter will go away. Um, you can find us there at thegeekmatrix.bsky.social um, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. So go do that. Watch us do that. Like, subscribe, download. Tell everyone how we're the best geeks in the world. Yeah. Um, just to check with you, Josh. We are recording, yes? We are. Okay. Uh, just as a technical question... The chat on the side here is not connecting for me. Is that an issue? Um, I don't know. Okay, I just I we'll just find the, out. <laughs> I just got the tech notification that we are live, so that should be fine. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So I guess we've already gotten through the. <laughs> Anybody got a dad joke? It's Rob here, joining me as always, our wonderful co-host Brandon on piano. Hello, hello, everybody. And Josh with a dad joke. You guys want to know a joke? I would love to hear a joke. Me too. So share it if you got one. <laughs> uh, that was a dad joke that even went over with my kids. Did I did I tell you the boy George joke? No, you week? did not tell me the boy George joke. Okay. All right. This one's fucking great. Why did Boy George get kicked out of the lizard enclosure? I don't know. You tell me. Why did Boy George get kicked out of the lizard enclosure? Because he come a come a come down the chameleon. Oh no! Oh, Boy George, you're definitely freaky. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was it's growing up it wasn't the earrings or the makeup or anything you know how i knew he was a freak that fucking hat 
No, for me, it was the hair over one eye because my only other reference, frame of reference for that style was Captain Planet. And oh, and Flock of Seagulls. Yeah, but it wasn't as long. Flock of Seagulls had it shorter, if I remember right. And Boy George was like, it was long, but so was that red-headed asshole in Captain Planet. And she wanted to like pollute the world. So, fuck her. So, so don't wear my hair like this, then? You look like Mads Mikkelsen right now. Don't say that shit. <laughs> Do you not like Mads Mikkelsen? <laughs> I don't like hearing that I look like him. I All mean, right. when your hair's like that. Mm-hmm. Either that or Dolph Lundgren in Expendables. Ouch, you're just lining me up with all kinds of ugly people. He's an 80s <laughs> legend. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, that don't make him pretty, though. All right. I'm sure once upon a time, somebody wanted to fuck Dolph Lundgren. Uh, I'm sure when he was in Rocky, the, lots of people did. But, <laughs> I mean, that wasn't cool. He was the enemy. Was he the Russian? Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, e- Igor? Dragdonovich? Or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Dr- Dr- Dravinich? I don't know. Something no, like that. No, no, no. Now I'm only thinking of Dragunov. Ivan Drago. Drago, that's it. That's it. Yeah. You can thank Kirk for that one. He just hopped into the chat. How's it going, Kirk? Hey, it's Kirk. Hey, happy sailor. Wait, what was the name Kirk? I had a couple weeks ago. Uh Purple Thunder. Purple Thunder. That's the it. new the new uh yes. The new Mountain Dew flavor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be pointing to this shirt a lot today. I like it. And we are working just fine. That is good to know. You're coming up aces right now. Sick. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Uh, coming on aces means you're kind of winning, yeah. Yeah, but but like, what what what's going on, Kirk? Where are you winning? He's winning at life. Oh hell yeah! At a boy, purple thunder. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. But yeah, as far as dad jokes go, no, I don't have any to start the show out with, other than that corny one I told, and I'm completely. Completely void of comic news. I, I've got some. Actually, I, I do have one more joke. It's a knock-knock joke, but you have to start it. All right. Uh, I'm doing some data work and listening to a cool pod. I call that a win. Well, thank you very much, Happy Sailor. Hell yeah. Uh, Appreciate it. Like, subscribe, and spam the hell out of us on all social media. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. So I got to start the knock-knock joke. Knock-knock. Who's there? Uh... <laughs> Orange? <laughs> Orange. <laughs> uh, banana? Oh, God. I'm not doing this. <laughs> banana. <All right>. <laughs> I fucked that one up already. Yeah. All right. One, you guys... one, one more. One more. Sorry. One more. Let's go. You, you got to do it again. Knock, knock. Oh, no. shit. You got to start again. All right. Knock, knock. Come in. <laughs> you fucking ah oh, jesus excellent yeah. all right laughter is sufficient i think we're good to continue <laughs> we are a total of eight books this week but only f- 
only four that we're fully reviewing. Yeah. Four on the honorable mentions, one yeah. on the bonus show. I, I do have a bit of comic news before we get into our books. We got the time. Uh, let me just click the link here. I feel like this was announced before and I just forgot because it sounds like slightly familiar. Uh, but it, as far as I know, broke on CBR that uh, Superman writer from the 90s and 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, Joe Casey, uh, is oh, right. doing an upcoming Zod book called Neil Before Zod, which is a nod to, it's a Zod, to the old Superman movie, uh, which was yes. the famous line from Zod. And uh, Zod should never make an appearance without saying that line. Just my personal opinion, but that's how you kneel before Zod. Yeah. <laughs> I I agree completely. And if he's into crime, if if Zod is trying to like commit crimes, what you must do is steal before Zod. <laughs> yes, or else he's not going to believe you. Yeah. When you're going out to dinner, you're going to meal before Zod. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> we're, play, we're playing cards. You're going to deal before Zod. Excellent. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Well, if you're into comic books, you're going to read before Zod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, this is a Zod in current continuity uh, that Joe Casey has been asked by DC to write. Uh, and it's going to be taking him, t- taking Zod, not Joe Casey, taking Zod back to his bastard roots. <laughs> if you give Zod a banana, you must peel before Zod. <laughs> oh. oh, Kirk with the win. <laughs> Thank you, Kirk. <laughs> I had another one, but I can't think of it right now. Um, man, Joe Casey, though, had to do some research on Zod because he hadn't really looked into the character in ages. And when he when he looked into it after getting the assignment, he then found out that Zod had a wife and kid, <laughs> which has been a thing for years. A long um, time. Yeah. So th- it's going to be interesting to see, but but the first thing Joe Casey does, and and mild spoiler if if you are against it, uh, but a major point of his story and basically what sets the story ablaze is Zod loses that family, and that is where the story takes place. Uh, and he uh, establishes Dominion on a newfound planet, envisioning it as the new Krypton. Uh, and then makes many enemies on a cosmic scale. So it starts with loss and and or continues into conquest, <laughs> as Zod does. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I I'm not against Joe Casey. I'm not against Zod. No, I'm but I'm against right spoilers. Now. So I'm glad I I, I missed that perfectly. Put my headphones right I, back on. It's, it's <laughs> not. It's not even really a spoiler. It's more so. This is why the book is happening. Huh. Yeah, it's more so. This is the setup for the story of the book. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Better safe than sorry, I always say. That's fair. That's very <laughs> fair. Um, that's all I've got in comic news because I there's it's been pretty quiet. I gotta say it's been pretty freaking quiet. Daredevil oh. restarted again. New number one this week. I've not had a chance to check it out yet. I do have one thing that I did just read earlier t- t- today. Um, first thing I do in the morning is grab coffee and flip through all my Google feed. Uh, Alan Moore has changed once again what he's doing with his residuals. Now, previously up until this point, what he's done is he has taken his residuals and split them among the uh, different creative teams that helped him do the comic books that he's making all the money off of league of extraordinary gentlemen be for vendetta watchmen of course um but now every cent he he's decided that he doesn't want to do that he's gone 100 percent recluse he is uh hold up him and his wife are basically saying that they're going to be hermits and every single cent of his residuals will be from this day forward donated to Black Lives Matter. Interesting. I thought I thought that was pretty damn cool of him. Yeah, it's like kind of out of left field. <laughs> it, it is. He hasn't, you know, uh Alan Moore has had a very strong aversion for from anybody touching his work. Yeah. And unfortunately he lost out on that with DC. Um he, he's just he's never been a fan of anything he won't watch the movie the tv show he uh, he uh, boycotted doomsday clock um he's just completely opposed to any of it and uh now he's sitting in his home saying he wished he never wrote comic books oh boy. living the life of an actual author now writing books and uh, he says that, you know, if he if he could go back and change it, he he would have started writing books in his 20s rather than contributing to comics. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah, it seems, you know, I mean, everybody knows that Alan Moore is uh, a little different. Yeah. Very outspoken, very weird. Um, but he said he got tired of moving to uh, going to Comic Cons and. Uh, and um, having people look at him like he was some kind of holy figure rather than just having a regular conversation. And it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's completely repulsed him from everything. And I've always, I always had a lot of respect for him, uh, you know, divvying up the money that he got with the artists, etc. cetera. Um, but the fact that he's just completely abandoned the idea of any kind of profit all of, off of his comic book works and giving that all to Black Lives Matter, I think that that is pretty fucking. I think that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's a heck of a move. It, it is. I'll, I'll say a bit surprising because obviously Alan Moore, like you said, he's a recluse. He never really talks about stuff, but he never gave any hints to wanting to donate to charity, let alone being a supporter of Black Lives Matter. Not to say that I would think he isn't. It's just. No, he's just a quiet dude. You know, we wouldn't yeah. have known. It's I, I, I don't want to say it's surprising. It's just interesting. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. It, is it, it is surprising. I mean, yeah. there's there's a there's a lot of different charities that 
uh, are out there. A lot of different movements that are out there, but I definitely think Black Lives Matter is one that could use the fucking funding. Yeah. Um, so that is that is awesome. And um, as weird as he is and as wrong as he has been in the past, I do feel like he's uh, I do feel like he is definitely taking steps in the right direction, even if that means that I'm never going to get a sequel for V for Vendetta. <sighs> Which not that you need one. You, you really don't. You watch your dirty mouth. No, it's, it's a fine story on its own. It doesn't that's one of those ones that doesn't need a sequel. Oh no, yeah. I won't argue that point. It is like it is perfect as a stand. Would you want a from hell too? No. Jack the Ripper electric boogaloo. That would <laughs> that would piss me off. So yeah. I get where you're coming also from. Also slightly yeah. disrespectful because like those were based on real events. But anyway, I think that one is fine that stands on its own. Yeah, I, I won't argue with that. That's just the fanboy in me wanting that. It was such w a good W for Wendetta. Such a <laughs> w for Wendetta. There we go. That's the <laughs> oh, perfect fucking title. W for Wendetta. Oh, man. You know what? Somebody from DC is going to be listening to this damn thing and steal Kirk's idea and, and just screw Alan Moore over again. But hey, it's more funding for other people. So that works. <laughs> All right. What do you think? I say, like, why is W? This this kind of gets stupid deep right now. Why is WW and not Double V? I've asked that my whole life, just like I've asked, why is Wednesday not pr pronounced Wednesday? I have pronounced it Wednesday on more than many occasions. It's my my oldest son. Uh, we had that talk here. Oh hell, I don't know. If, few months ago probably way longer than that but now that's how he pronounces it Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Yep. he's like that's just wrong yeah he, he he has been doing that and he stopped pronouncing the t in often so but, i will i will give my kid grammar applause but it is often no it's not well, who who said don't say you <laughs> It, I'm not saying me. The the original thing, just like listen, isn't listen. Often was often, not often. It's been like many other words in the American language. Oh. Butchered. See, see, listen, I can understand. But often, I've always heard it as often, not That's, often. It's, it's, been, it's been butchered for that long. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, 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 I can never agree with you on this. <laughs> I know too much. No. On a happier note, <laughs> I got a shipment. Oh, I'm happy. My God, that thing is so gorgeous. It's so cool. I yeah. now have four. Wait, Brandon, what was that? Uh -huh. Oh, Chef's kiss. I thought it was like bat wings. Oh, <laughs> it really is good for anybody that. For anybody that can't see it or anybody that's just listening, what do you got there, Rob? Yellow Lantern Batman. Oh, actually, Kirk has an actual answer about W. It was made before the letter V existed and was originally drawn to resemble. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. That does make sense. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Sucks, but at least it's an answer. Oh, look, it was butchered. <laughs> Uh, so I got Sinestro Corps Batman uh, from his appearance in Forever Evil. 
using the same construct that you get in the Green Lantern 2 back that features Dawnbreaker, except this one's in yellow. Because McFarlane likes to reuse constructs. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of constructs and, and things that are different, man, I can't wait to get into Green Lantern later. Woo. I... I can't wait to get to number four. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, spoilers. (laughs) All right. uh, That's that's all I got. Brandon, you got anything? Sorry, I gotta I gotta keep up my ruse. I'm listening, but I'm also I'm also acting. Um, (laughs) Anything major other than I did get to read the new Daredevil number one. Pretty solid. Um, I think some people. Maybe a little turned off, but I don't know. I, I had a good time, and Saladin Ahmed usually delivers, and I felt like he did a pretty solid job there. Um, and then I don't know if I have anything else aside from that. Uh, does it follow Chip's run pretty well? Yes, like almost exactly. It's, oh, it's okay. a, oh, that's good. Straightforward transition. Very, very similar um, to like Philip Kennedy Johnson taking on Hulk from um, yes, Al from, Ewing. From Al Ewing and slightly okay. some Ryan Ali, but. Um, it, it it is a very different tone, is what I'll say. It's it's very Daredevil, but it's like you you read the writing and it's very clear that it's two different people. So it's not it's not like completely seamless, but it does yeah. continue the story. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. But if you but like, if you like Saladin Ahmed, um, it's pretty good, mm-hmm. and the art uh, is is really exceptional too. Hey Kirk, have you read it yet? Did you see yeah. the comment? I can't see it at all. I, I have the chat open on my phone. I, I'm, yeah. I'm also watching the stream on my phone. So, um, for I've been, I, I am four issues deep into Immortal Hulk. Um, I got to issue 12 on Grayson. I'm, I'm really, really, really trying to work through it. Um, the new I, Gargoyle series, fucking love it. If you guys, if anybody out there enjoyed the Gargoyles cartoon show you've got to read this it's phenomenal and uh also so is the uh ninja turtle stranger things crossover i've read both of those and i'm i'm digging it and a while back we were talking about threshold uh it was a book that i believe rob you picked up and uh and uh i went back and did a reread all eight issues and boom man just as good as it was the first time Right, the cast in that book is so freaking good. It is. Yeah. It really is. I wasn't. I wasn't incredibly happy about Captain K. Rot, but I dug it. Sweet. I, I see that that sly smile, Brandon. <laughs> or maybe I was mistaken. I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, Brandon has to pretend that he's not talking to us when. When somebody's in the room, yeah, hey, that's what. Yes, it, you you got to do what you got to do for the love exactly. of comics. Yep. If somebody is in the room with them, that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is slowly. I'm, I'm I'm fighting the urge to turn this into a game of make Brandon laugh. <laughs> Done. I can I can hear you guys fine. I have. To, oh, I know. I, yeah. I, I have to focus, but also. People keep walking by. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
just, just sit there and play the Star Wars. Dun, dun, oh, da, da. That way you I don't have to. I don't know how. Oh. <laughs> if, if you practice it, you don't have to mute yourself. Just like let it go. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. So, Josh, you, you've passed. Like I, I told you to push to issue 11. You've passed issue 11 on Grace and you're on to 12 now. And you're still trucking, eh? I'm trying. I'm trying. It is so fucking hard, man. I told myself, because you told me to go to issue 10, I told myself that I'm going to I'm going to do everything I can to make it to 16. Okay. Because I feel like I'm going to go past what you guys said to give it the fairest shake that I can. And so far, it's kind of like chewing on aluminum foil. But... Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm doing what I can, man. I am yeah. definitely doing what I can. And you you started reading Immortal Hulk, like the yes. the Al Ewing stuff, um, the uh, Great Power stuff, the one shots. I'm oh, sorry, the one shots. I was yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, the one yeah. shots. They're, um, they're not numbered though. They're all they're all number ones. But, but yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, there's only like. I forget six, how many I said. There's six, six, five or six of them. Yeah, um, I'm not counting um, Immortal She-Hulk because Al Ewing did that one. But they had yeah those those four limited one shots with different creative teams. Um, oh shit! Okay, I kn- I know I had one left to read, so I must have only gotten through three. Yeah. Well, which ones did you read? Let me pull that up right now. I know that I read. Okay, great power. The best defense, and no, I read. There's five. Great well, the power. Best the defense. The best defense is not. Um, I mean, it is Immortal Hulk, but that's that's a tie into the defenders. The best defense. Oh well, I was wondering defense. what the fuck. All right, yeah, well, that's, that's a tie into that that whole story arc. So you have to kind of read that whole thing to get the full story. All right, it was confusing as hell. But uh, all right, so I got. The best defense that I read for no reason, Threshing Place, um, Time of Monsters, and Great Power. So I have Flatline left to get through. Yeah, those are like really the only, I I think those are the only four um, that they did. Yeah. Threshing Place was maybe my favorite. I loved that one. That was really good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. The whole whole Spider-Man and Hulk moment that y'all posted in in a discord in our discord there i i that was awesome and i just couldn't couldn't not read it i know I've that seen, was a double negative there but i had to read it i've seen is that the one where he remembers peter's identity yes oh, okay that the banner forgot but hulk remembers yeah um are you going to go on to immortal hulk and do the 50 issue run i have to um, <laughs> I, I don't, do <laughs> I, I don't have a choice. See, uh, how else Tom, are you going to get to Philip Kennedy Johnson's incredible Hulk? Tom, uh, Tom, another one of our, uh, review, um, contributors has been banging me in the head to read a mortal Hulk. And I just, I don't have any fucking choice now after reading these, it's just a, a no brainer. And, um, if I'm not mistaken, I am supposed to, weave in fantastic four into that well i thought you already started that 
I did, but there, I, I there's, I, I think I only got three issues. Yeah, I'm only three or four issues into that. But if I'm not mistaken, there's like crossing over between the two. Yeah, not in that series. Not in the Immortal Hulk series. Well, not not in not in the current Fantastic Four. Oh, I in the think, previous I think one. Maybe in the previous one, there was an issue where the Hulk and the Thing fought, but I don't remember where it was. Brandon does, like I think. Forties. It's in the forties. Um, in Immortal Hulk, Crash right? Earth from Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he like crashes to Earth from Gamma Flight, and then. Ends up on the pier and fights um, fights the thing. Um, right. I don't know what. It, or actually, wait, that might not be the forties. That might be the thirties. That's still it's it's, 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 but yeah, it's it's like the last fifteen issues of that run. Um, yeah, you, but it, it doesn't. It's not part of Fantastic Four though. No, it's not part right. of like it. It's not connected at all because that book right. didn't have any. I mean, aside from the tie-ins to some events, that book didn't have any like crossovers within it. Perfect. I can just yeah. pick up this. And you can keep going with um, Ryan North's Fantastic Four, which it's, is it's its own thing great. so far. Yeah, but it's great. Yeah, like stupid good. And each each issue is its own story. Like it's not a multi part story. It's just one shot stories in this ongoing tale. It's brilliantly done. Can't argue that. Not even a tiny bit. So you, you've gotten, so you said you were four issues deep on FF? Yeah, I'm double checking that right now. Okay. I'm curious if you got to the part yet where they say what's happened to the Baxter building. Uh, shop test. No, so the third one is where I'm at. That was... The Human Torch. Johnny, yeah. With a mustache. <laughs> Which is so weird to see, man. But it's oddly awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that that whole intro issue for him with the mustache is fantastic. Can't argue that. It's pretty no. the, the 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 writing in here and the mystery, the build up. All right, Kirk. Well, it's good to have you swing by, man, and uh we'll talk to you in Discord. Yep. Uh, I don't remember what the hell I was just saying. Anyway, the 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 writing for this new Fantastic Four, man, it's fuck, it's it's character work. Yeah, and that's my favorite kind of story to read, man. I don't want to just read an adventure. I want to read some characters too. That's issue awesome. ten, and I know you have a bit to go, but issue ten. Has got to be one of my favorite issues of Fantastic Four in a long fucking time. Issue ten. Issue ten. Ah, uh, it's number forty-one. Right. The man downstairs. Yeah, issue ten was fucking fantastic. I will keep that in mind, kind sir. And and it wasn't even told from the perspective of the Fantastic Four. It was told from the perspective of people interacting with the Fantastic Four. It was so fucking brilliant. And maybe the best cover I've seen from Alex Ross. The uh, that's that's a pretty bold claim, dude. You gotta see it. It's 
it's the closest you might get to a Fantastic Four horror story. I'm okay with that. It's really good. <laughs> so I need you to fly through those next six issues tonight. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> see what I can do. I can't. I got some smackdown to watch tonight. That's or no, that's tomorrow. God, that's tomorrow. I'm living 20 years ago. You got time. I know. Thursday night smackdown. And then it's Tuesday night smackdown. And it was Wednesday night. So it was Friday night. And it was back to Tuesday. I just couldn't make up its mind. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, also, last thing before we get into the comics, Angela and I have caught up to heels as of last woo, night. Woo. We are stoked for the finale tomorrow night. We finale? Will not be watching it no, 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 no. We need at yeah. least four more episodes before <laughs> the season gets over with. Uh, I know it's the finale, but I'm really bummed out about it. I know. Brandon has disappeared. Oh, Brandon. I don't think he realized because he wasn't looking at his computer at the time. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, do you have any theories on about what's going to happen with heels? I I think Hold on. Okay, so let me specifically <clears throat> regarding what? Like the show? <laughs> Just, well, I mean, like, like in general, there... in general, like with the story, like, 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 for example, like I think dystopia is going to end up with the continuum contract because the the CEO or whoever she is is really smitten with um, what's his name. That's very true. That asshole. All his computer died. Shit. Uh oh. Talk about some technical issues. Yeah. Um, That's no good. That's weird. It is weird. I guess it wasn't giving enough uh, power. That's what you get for buying Max. Um, yeah, so that's what I think, like, uh, Dystopia is going to end up with a continuum contract and DWL is going to get fucked. And that's, that's going to be the cliffhanger for DWL going into season three, potentially. And then who, I, sorry, I keep interrupting. I just, (laughs) you're fine. You're fine. Um, I think personally, I think what's going to happen is that, um, I'm trying to. All right. Um, so personally, what I think is going to happen is that uh, Dystopia is going to get that contract, and um, it's going to. It's gonna. Um, I think. Okay. So I think Dystopia is going to get that contract, and I think that the boss lady is not going to be a fan. But I think that Vigilante is going to be. I, I can't remember what the hell his name is. I see him and all I think is Adrian Chase. Um, Josh Cigar is the actor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Vigilante is going to like them. Yeah. And going to want to bring them in. And I think that that next season, 
what we're going to be looking at is his fight to include DWL. Uh, big boss lady. I can't remember what her name is either. But I think uh, I think what's going to happen there is something bad is going to happen with dystopia where she is going to have there is going to be some kind of a media nightmare and i think that um she's going to end up having to backpedal and try to get dw going on there but if i'm being personally honest uh i really think something very very bad and dramatic is lining up for the dwl um I I, I know you're right. I really hope not because friggin' Jack fought so hard to get his life back in order. <laughs> he, he he did, and I'm really worried that um the show is gonna end next season yeah. with with Jack committing suicide. I really hope not. You got that feeling too, though, don't you? I mean, they are foreshadowing that that one of them, and they're really foreshadowing that that is a potential for jack but i really hope they don't do that me too but there's only one way to find out that's day tuned exactly the the oh, only I other knew. theory <laughs> right um the only other theory i have is they both get the contract on the grounds that they share it and they that because they and got they it joined they join yeah they got introduced to continuum doing this cross promotion angle so yeah. that's that's all that josh cigar's character knows is he 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 went to watch dystopia and got introduced to dwl and saw how well they were together and he got excited and instead of choosing between the two because they both have bits that that are great like dystopia's got the the high caliber the money the the excitement but dwl has the better wrestlers <laughs> right and right. um i think that that is definitely going to play into it for sure the reason why i say that is like you said they um vigilante went to dwl and they actually had that sit down yeah and he seems like everybody knows that they've got the better wrestlers now the one thing that has me wondering whether or not we will have dystopia going first is the she's like she loves the party right big boss lady she loves the party yeah she's having a fucking blast was she drinking watermelon margaritas or some shit if i'm not mistaken or watermelon martinis but in any case she's only asking for two things there and that's Crystal and the Condemned. Yeah. As and she's asking, uh, God damn it, what's his name? Gully. Gully. He's ask. She's asking Gully where they are and saying you need to get them here. They're not coming. No. So when she sees that the two biggest stars of what what made her interested in it, um isn't a part of dystopia, then I think that we're probably going to be looking at a forced equal partnership or, or they're going to buy both leagues and then merge them together. Yeah. 
Which like the, would be interesting. Yeah. It could be interesting. It's like there's there's a big part of me that wants to look into and you and I have talked about this because I brought it up and, and you were definitely seeing it too. Look into the history of the Monday Night Wars leading into the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. And like it where does that <clears throat> go from here? Because because the last two seasons have told that story of WWE versus WCW. For the most part, there's quite a lot of similarities. Yeah. And where does it go from here? Well, um, having been the guy that sat there and I, I, you know, I was alive and I was watching wrestling during that whole time. Uh, everybody can talk about how uh, lo- how much looser WCW was. Well, I mean, if if anybody has ever sat down and listened to an in, uh, in excuse me for a second, sat down and listened to an interview with Diamond Dallas Page who is 100% a no-bullshit kind of guy, he'll tell you that over half of what you watched on WCW during that time was shoot. I believe it. Especially with Eric Bischoff at church. Yep. Like It was just shit that just happened. Yeah. Yep. Wrestlers did shit on the fly. Storylines got changed because of actions. Diamond Dallas Page getting pissed off at everybody. Man, I mean, he went through the he went through the whole fucking roster and tried to mess everybody up to the point where his damn abdomen was taped all the way up to his nipples, and then he still went for another fucking year. Yeah. Um, I Bischoff did not know what he was doing. No, he didn't. He really did not, and. He still, if, if uh, people probably, people might deny this, but if we're being completely honest, Eric Bischoff harbors a lot of resentment. He is still pissed off. He is still pissed off and still holds a grudge about the W about the WWF invasion or whatever, however we want to call that. When Triple yeah. H and DX rolled up with a fucking tank. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Like that's, I can understand being pissed off about that, but at the same time, he brought it on himself. <laughs> he wasn't doing anything of caliber. Like he he asked for that war. He really did. Yeah. Um, he didn't think that through either. No. So but, uh... fuck him. Like, uh, Bret Hart. I was watching an interview with Bret Hart a couple of times I've watched this interview and he's told his story about his time at WCW and Eric Bischoff and, and the kind of promoter that Eric Bischoff was. And like Stone Cold has said the same thing uh, with Eric Bischoff that he keeps going to him and saying, well, how about an angle with this guy? I want to work with this guy. I want to keep, they keep getting turned down and down and down. No, they're doing this and they're doing that. And they're doing this. And we want you to do this. And then, um, he said, I've, okay, I've got a got an idea. And he was just fucking with him at this point. He said, uh, I'll go down to the ring with my cat. Bring my cat in, in a cat carrier. I'll have my cat there. And my cat will be there at every match. And I'll take the cat out before every match and pet it. And it'll be at the corner. 
in my corner waiting for me and they'll have the match and then I'll, if I wait, I'll bring it out and I'll pet it and it'll be great. And then we'll do an angle or someone will beat me up. I'll lose the match and then I'll take my cat out of the carrier, swing it around and beat my opponent with my cat. What <laughs> but the but literally. at that point it wasn't, that wouldn't be his cat. It would be like a stuffed cat, right. but he would actually have his cat prior and, and you, like Bischoff was like, I love it. Let's do it. That's fucking insane. <laughs> Eric Bischoff is a fucking hack. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Speaking of hacks, we got a couple that we're going to talk about today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is oh. this is this a, an issue of Justice Society of America? Because you just threw some fucking shade. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, deep cut. Like it. <laughs> Um, uh, first off, let me mention before we roll into the regular issues here, uh, first off, we got Superman lost number six, Batman gargoyle of Gotham number one, danger street number nine and Waller versus Wildstorm number three tune into the bonus show that you can get access to for two 99 a month, joining our discord, getting to talk to us geeks. All other kind, all other kinds of geeks, and access to all of our podcasts and videos. So, there's that two ninety nine. It's like less than a Starbucks coffee, and you know this is actually good. And today's economy is less than most coffee. <laughs> oh, in today's economy, you can't turn on the news without hearing that. Yeah. But there, that that's it, and I think right now would be a good time to cut for a commercial, right. and that's what we did. Yeah, yeah, because everybody's talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> And with that, we should probably move on to the regular, regular reviews. That is, if Brandon is ready to uh, give a are, summary. Are you there, Brandon? I really could have swore Brandon was there. He is here. Hi, Rule Elf. Are you there? I'm gonna type hello into our Discord. I was gonna say, how do you pronounce that or spell that? <laughs> how do you spell Haller? Have you never turned on the closed captioning for uh, a Medea movie? <laughs> oh, we cannot. We can't hear you, Brandon. Oh, okay, computer is still dead. Oh, well, he was, on, he was is... on his phone. So maybe it just ah. was too much. Um, it's very possible, but like I got an idea. We can let Brandon. I'm gonna type this in here too. Brandon, charge your stuff. Oh, yes. there he is. Excellent. You hear me. We yes. can we can totally hear you. Okay, yeah. I, I don't know how well this is going to work because I, I have to record from my phone because uh, my computer's not turning on. And I just, like, I 
uh, it's still plugged in, but it just I think this charger is too weak um, to, well, to work well, efficiently. But I'll do my I think best. it's uh, I think it's working just fine. We can hear you. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you got a placeholder on the screen. See guys, okay. see that black square right there, the rectangle. That yes. one's Brandon. <laughs> Ta-da! That's him. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, so um, do we want to kick things off with uh, our first comic book? Let's do it. Batman Inc. Yes, Batman Inc. Brought to us by Brandon. Brandon, if you may, or if you please. I have a feeling he's gone. Oh, no. (laughs) You know, there's technical issues, and then there's just somebody working it against you <laughs> the universe oh yeah he's missing yeah, it's uh i i think maybe his his phone might not be able to handle i i you still hear me i can hear you for now okay i don't know yeah i don't know what's uh what's going on so let's see if we can get through this without any more technical difficulties all right if you if you cut out we'll switch it around and okay. we'll we'll jump on to Teen Titans first. Okay, cool. Um, yes, this is Batman Inc. number twelve, the final issue in the series, written of course by Mr. Ed Brisson, with art from John Timms, colors from Rex Locus, and letters from. Let's see if I can find that. Where is this credits page? That's um, a good question. Yeah. Is it even here? No. I don't even see it. I think it's um I don't I don't even remember who did the letters for the last time, but I can't Yeah. Um well anyway, yeah, I don't I don't have my uh my my anyway. Uh well, letters by someone, I guess. Um <laughs> oh. Whoever you are, I think it was Clayton Cowles. I don't know. I'll have to. I'll check later. But anyway, it's a Batman book, so that tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, I, I don't know. Um, but yes, this issue starts off with oh. a follow-up on the explosion. Can you still hear me? We yes. can. There's just you're right. There's no credit page. Odd. Yeah, I hate it when I they do I that. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 unless I'm skipping over it, I couldn't even find it. Um, but anyway, um. Yes, we cut to the uh, explosion site or um, the crater that's remaining of the explosion site uh, over in Melbourne, Australia, where Dark Ranger and Wingman had been fighting off Corvus Call, and we discover that Wingman is miraculously still alive, just horribly burned. And so the sort of uh, police commissioner of, uh, of the Melbourne police just orders them to get a uh, an ambulance stat to make sure that he's still alive and can be cared after. Jiro is trying to excuse me. Jiro is trying to convince Raven Red not uh, to kill. Um, oh my God! I almost called him Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, Dusty Bronco. <laughs> um, Dusty Bronco. Yeah, Dusty Bronco. Um, you know, after having him in a chokehold. And thankfully, Raven Red is able to show him a little bit of mercy before his anger gets the best of him. Uh, but before 
Dusty can get his revenge. Uh, Clown Hunter knocks him out with his trusty Bat-Bat. We cut over to Paris, France, where Night Runner is uh, trying to take care of the bomb of Charles de Gaulle, having captured him the last issue, uh, where Grey Wolf and uh, Knight are still trying to figure out how they can track uh, the, the bomb that uh, Die Laughing left. And over in uh, the Kangbashi district in Shanghai, um, I think it was Shanghai, um, Batman of China, Ghostmaker, and El Gaucho are still trying to stop Alpaca's uh, goons from dropping all the people from the hospital. So everyone's kind of got their tasks, um, but in a supreme moment of, I can't believe they didn't think of this earlier, or frankly, something that seems so obvious. It's shocking that they didn't think of this earlier. Knight uh, and Grey Wolf, upon continuing to work on uh, Die Laffin's device, realize that there is a way that they can kind of cancel out all of Joker's devices um, that have kind of been placed within the various members of Joker Incorporated, and that is to use an EMP, um, which, again, seems so obvious that I, I can't believe they didn't think of it earlier. But Jiro is able to test that out on Dusty Bronco and basically discovers that an EMP works and it's able to d disable the devices um, before anything it can go further. This news uh, gets over to Joker, who just basically presses the immediately detonate button uh, for the rest of them, which while some of them were able to stop um, the members of Joker Incorporated, and the devices they have inside them, unfortunately, Night Runner was not able to, leaving uh, Charles de Gaulle to explode within the harbor of Paris or wherever that is. A Ghostmaker goes to save Sky Spider and is able to do so, but is really just kind of fed up with everything that's happened, especially with this mission so far. And they cut back to their mysterious location where he basically reveals that, you know, this experiment that Batman kind of brought him into has been a failure and he's quitting the team effective immediately and dissolving Batman Inc. The rest of them can keep the base if they want. Yeah. The rest <laughs> of them can keep the bases if they want, um, but otherwise, he'll have nothing to do with it. Um, and of course, being the people that they are, they decide to kind of keep it running, with the exception of a few clown hunters going back to Gotham to kind of figure out who he is and Raven Red. Oh, shit. Uh, and Raven Red is going to go back to the reservation uh, to take care of his father for a little bit. And we actually see seeds of them doing exactly that, where um, Clown Hunter kind of reunites with the girl he met in Bloodhaven in a previous issue and just tells her that he's here to stay for a little bit um, and that the people who he thought needed him don't need him anymore. Um, and in South Dakota, Raven Red has a nice little reunion with his father, Man of Bats. But over in Wales, Die Laffin is having himself a jolly old time, seemingly holding a bunch of people hostage before he is so rudely interrupted by Batman Incorporated. As we can see, still, still active um, and still willing to participate. So I'm going to kind of rush through this because, again, I don't know how much time I have before this thing craps out again. Um, but I don't know. I, I was kind of disappointed with this issue. I'm not going to lie. Like, it felt like a very rushed conclusion with a it wasn't a, a MacGuffin necessarily but the solution to the problem was just so obvious it's like if you guys are really members of Batman Incorporated and have trained in the various different arts of you know being a detective of, of training and all that stuff the fact that it took you that long to come up with the idea of oh hey let's use an EMP 
seems just, I don't know, it seems so ridiculous to me. Um, but also, I mean, <laughs> yes, but like, also, again, these are members of Batman Incorporated. Like, the fact that that wasn't the first thing they thought of, like, oh, well, if they're embedded within them, naturally we can use some kind of EMP to disable them. Especially when they were told they either had to kill them or let them get killed or something like that in order to stop the devices from going off. Yeah. So it, just, it seemed like such an obvious way to get out of the situation and, and something that, frankly, kind of felt like a very last minute, like, oh, it's the last issue, so we just need a workaround to make sure that they can solve the mystery and, you know, save the day to the best of their ability. So I don't know. I was, I was kind of disappointed, um, I think, especially because this whole series was kind of hinged on Ghostmaker, maybe not so much reforming, but kind of seeing some positives in using Batman's non-lethal methods. But here he's just like, nah, fuck it. Like, whatever. I tried it and it didn't work, which, yeah, maybe that's realistic, but I don't know. It just seemed like such a, a waste. Like, the, what was the point of this book? We watched yeah. it and he didn't. It just feels like kind of a non-arc. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Return. I guess, but I don't know. I feel so lazy. Um, like, if you're really going to commit to him trying to reform, why just end it like... Uh, I, I think... He, yeah, I think he cut out there. Um, and he's out, yeah. Uh, let, let me continue his thought there, because him and I were on the same train of thought. Um, I, I, I can say, oh, he's back. Hi. Yeah, no, again, it's, it, this is going to probably keep happening. So I'm just getting my score seven out of 10, kind of a disappointing ending and it might make me rethink the series as a whole a little bit. That's, that's better than me. <laughs> um, I, I've not been a big fan of this book the entire time. Um, and, and the, this ending was not any different for me. I, I was cautiously interested, but I needed something more to come out of it. And this final issue did not give me anything I was looking for, did not give me anything I needed. And I agree with Brandon. It was very rushed. The, the workaround, the solution was kind of tame. There was very little to no character growth for anybody throughout the 12 issues the only person that really got an arc was clown hunter and it ended with him uh just like okay i'm just gonna go <laughs> um ghostmaker had absolutely nothing um i think most of the books did josh uh and Oh, yeah, Ghostmaker just had, had realistically no character arc. They they kept giving illusions and hints that he's going to have a character arc, and then he just didn't. With this first story arc, uh, with, with his old partner, like maybe his ways are not the right ways, and then this arc, 
you know, is killing really the way to go? There must be another way. And then, no, these just, like, no change whatsoever. It was really kind of, like Brandon said, pointless. Really lame. Yeah. It just it just felt like so yeah so pointless like it just felt yeah. like it had no purpose in the end. And he left he left really quickly, like they got back to base. He's like, "All right, fuck it, I'm done. Peace out." Right, like nothing. He's like, "I'm leaving. You can have the base. You get my way again. I will fucking kill you." Yeah. Why <laughs> did any of this mean anything to you? Fuck no. Um, and and the Joker just up and disappeared really fucking quickly. Uh, despite the fact that he's got a lot of shit on his plate right now, it just it just seemed really kind of annoying. Um, I enjoyed the art. That's why I got a six out of ten. <laughs> well it's it's just a it's just a preview they're yeah they're just previewed so like it's not really yeah i don't know if they're i i would i would even say wait wait till next week when the issue yeah, comes out next because yeah the actual issue comes out next week so we can just talk about it there yeah yeah have more context for it yeah It, it wasn't in all of the books. That's that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um. My my biggest thing that I was thinking about when I finished Batman Inc. number 12 was you had two story arcs and you had this grand return to Batman Inc. and the first story arc was about Ghostmaker. And Batman Inc. was almost an afterthought throughout that entire story. And the... But then you have the second arc incorporates most of batman incorporated but is also like an archetype villain you'd think joker inc would have a lot more build-up than just okay they're just going to appear 
Like, I feel like it, it, it had the makings of a story that could have been huge and could have been really fucking good if it had given, if it, if, if it had been given time to grow. Five, because it's like eight to 12 then they really didn't have that much time to tell their story. So yeah. if, they, if they knew the book was ending at 12 and they're like, okay, this is it. This is your last arc. Make it count. Then, you know, there's only so much they could do, I guess. And yeah. It's unfortunate that this was uh, this was the result. It is a damn shame because I had high hopes for this book. I just, I, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. the first, I mean, like, I, w- I would say I enjoyed pretty much most of it up until this last issue. This last issue just kind of really ruined the book for me. Um, and again, is going to make me kind of go through it again and question maybe what I enjoyed about it um, because it just felt like such a weak and disappointing ending. Yeah. Despite the fact that I agree with you, like my my urge is is there. I just have to say you're a weak and disappointing ending because it's it's, it's right there. Uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just... It's just, it was there. I had to. <laughs> no. You're wow. <laughs> Brand Brandon, you are is, is a married man, sir. <laughs> you are a strong and promising beginning. It's, thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. That's what I always wanted to be. <laughs> Speaking of strong and promising beginnings, Green Lantern number three. Yeah. Speaking of weak and disappointing endings. <laughs> yeah. Um nah, that's that's not really how I feel, but I'll I'll get into that. So this is Green Lantern number three, written by Jeremy Adams, art from Zermanico, colors from Romula Fajardo Jr., and letters from Dave Sharp. This is the triumphant return and the only book this week that was forced to go on a two month pause. Um Yeah. It's fucking annoying. Anyway, we pick up to a month ago uh, and try to keep up with the timeline because it gets confusing. Uh, Two months ago, there was a a tale about a month ago when Hal had a ring (laughs) and then it cut out on him. If you remember that part, because we remember at the end of last issue, he was flying the jet and now he's not flying the jet. So try to try to remember most of issue two from three fucking months ago so he's in the sky and the ring cuts out and he's falling down into the sky and right before he hits the ground he wills the ring with as much willpower as he can muster to power up and it does uh and he lands safely on the ground in costume and begins to ponder the capabilities of this new ring that he has crafted he remembers an old, old, and more so Jeremy Adams remembers an old, old ability of the ring to uh, make constructs in all sorts of visible colors in the spectrum. Uh, that was straight and, out of the Silver Age. I was yeah, shocked. Like, was like, oh it's like God, right from the beginning. That? Yeah. Right from the fucking like, beginning it was. Like first five, six issues or whatever. Yeah. Um, which I don't think it was ever, if I remember, it wasn't ever really said that was the case. No, it was just that was the art the, style. The that, basic that's how they drew yeah, it. The basic uh, description was always just that the ring operates on on sort of imagination. So it wasn't it wasn't like oh it's um, 
a green construct. It was sort of whatever you can visualize in your mind will be made yeah. reality or something like almost like almost like a wishing ring, but not quite. Yeah. And for most lanterns, if they visualize a green construct, they visualize a green construct. <laughs> but but the explanation that is given here from Hal is that um, his first ring, which was Abin Sir's ring, could make those constructs in all sorts of visible color. Uh, and he makes a gazelle because he landed somewhere in an outback where there is a bunch of gazelle around. Uh, he makes a construct of a gazelle first in purple light and then uh, in a green line, a green the green aurad um, gazelle with uh, which looks just like the other ones, full colored fur and everything, uh, and it blends in with other gazelle. Until a cheetah shows up, and then he makes the gazelle bigger and scares the cheetah away. So he has some fun with that uh, classic ability that he is able to bring back. Uh, and then we jump back to the present. Uh, Carol Ferris. No, not Carol. No, I, I jumped ahead. I jumped too far ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Sinestro is now fresh off his own nightmare tale and has a new lease on terror. Uh, he breaks into an office and discovers that it's uh, the CEO, or as if the CEOs are actually uh, Lalaren aliens in disguise. Exactly, and he wants them to work with him. He needs people, and he needs help now. Um, he does mention the Legion of Doom will compensate them, but they know the Legion of Doom is pretty much all but defunct right now, so. Yeah. It was definitely a class photo. Like, I is Captain. I, when was the last time we even saw Captain Cold? Flash. He was part of uh, Mayor Wolf's task force or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, no, honestly, I took it as this this image of the Legion of Doom, which is the last image Sinestro had. Like I said, the Legion of Doom isn't even really around anymore, and everybody in the villain community knows that. Um, so he's really just using his pull as an ex member to say, yeah, we could do this, even though everybody knows they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, right. So we then go to the plan he needed, which is almost a full 12 hours later, they get the people needed, uh, which is another series of aliens, including a cat-like beast which looks like somebody out of the omega men do you remember him brandon i, I thought i thought it was tigor but i wasn't sure yeah it's probably the I same can't remember species. His name. yeah yeah it's definitely the same species because i thought i thought for sure is this the omega men but then yeah you saw the rest of the team and it isn't yeah. um also somebody that looks a lot like king shark but for some reason i don't think it is but it might be because was also a lantern villain at one point so <laughs> they don't really name any of these characters but he has a series of aliens with him um and they break into uh basically ferris aircraft Fer ferris airbase uh doesn't steal anything he just appears on camera uh blows a hole in the wall and 
uh, smiles at the camera while staring at the Jets. The next day, Hal is at a baseball game being an awesome superhero. Meanwhile, uh, Kilowog is suspiciously in the crowd cheering on one of the batters. Uh, and this baseball game is a little league game. I should have mentioned that's a little league game. Um, and he's uh, helping the kids out and having a good time. And Kilowog celebrates with one of the batters uh, who scores a run. Uh, and then Hal heads back to his job at Ferris Air. Uh, Carol wants to speak to him immediately, and Hal is a bit suspicious about what's going on. Um, but Carol is even more suspicious because she asks him right off the bat, "What is going on now?" And like Hal's kind of confused until Carol shows him the video footage of Sinestro. Uh, it reveals that he did not steal anything, and he begins to wonder what the fuck's going on. The last time he saw Sinestro was on Korrigar during the mysterious event where something terribly bad happened. And while he's sitting in a bar pondering this, Sinestro appears and goes straight to Jordan and reveals himself. Uh, and next issue, Sinestro's Revenge. Yeah. I, I, I'm not fond that he said Lantern Jordan, <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll go with it right now. Should I jump into the backup first? Yeah. All right. Uh, it's a quick one anyway. Uh, this is Rise of the Revenant Queen Part 3, the last backup leading into Philip Kennedy Johnson's Green Lantern War Journal out next week, currently in Brandon's hands. Apple. <laughs> Uh, so this is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson. Oh, it looks so good. Teasing you, me. You might even say that Rob is green with envy. I've already made uh, that joke. Uh, said. To be fair, before we started the show, you were on cam and I saw you pull a book out of your out of the out of the, the sleeve, and I was like, "Ooh, what is it?" You you gave me that look, like I don't want to show you because <laughs> I know what's going to happen. I just I didn't I didn't want you to be like in anguish for the next you know four days or so before uh, you can get a chance to read it. I, yeah. I've been in anguish for the past four months waiting for this book to come out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so this uh, is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art for Montos. I keep needing to not say Mentos, it's Montos. <laughs> uh, colors from Adriano Lucas and letters from Dave Sharp. Picking up where we left off last month, uh, the world so that Justice League John Stewart has joined his fellow Lantern Shepard as Shepard uh, watches on John Stewart take on the, uh, what is this army's name? Ooh. Oh, Revenant Queen. Yeah. Oh, man. But basically that, that dark army. Ra the Radiant Dead. The Radiant Dead. Uh, the, the, yeah. The pair are taking on the Radiant Dead, and John Stewart is making easy work of them all, while Shepard looks on in awe and um, ponders just how awesome John Stewart really is. Uh, John goes for the Revenant Queen, the leader of the Radiant Dead, who we see is also wearing a ring, a power ring of sorts. Uh, but the Revenant Queen disappears into the multiverse where John cannot access her or cannot get to her. Um, and she doesn't, he doesn't know where she went. He then turns 
to Shepard and says, you must find the Revenant Queen, go into the multiverse and look for uh, the universe she went to, look for that universe's John Stewart. Uh, he will help you hunt her down for sure. Or she, she will hunt him down for sure. Uh, which we then jump to Earth Zero, where that John Stewart is having a uh, lantern talk. <laughs> if if you constr- uh, he's having a call through construct with Guy Gardner from across the universe. It's uh, the lantern version of a Force ghost. Pretty much, I guess that's the best way to put it. Uh, John is there because his mom's not doing so well, and he's there to help her out around the house. And Guy's just there to have a beer with him and and offer a shoulder to cry on if he needs it. And also just be good buddies. Uh, as they stare into the sky, uh, John just says he needs to keep his eyes on what's right in front of him and, and stay on Earth for a while and do what he needs to do. Um, and and finishes off with there's nothing out there they can't handle without him. Uh, but then we see the Revenant Queen's ring floating in space and that is to be continued next week in green lantern war journal number one uh first off the backup awesomely exciting i cannot wait to get my hands on war journal number one uh read more about philip kennedy johnson john stewart and find out more about this new mysterious power ring from the worlds without a justice league universe the art's fantastic story is interesting i'm sold as for the main story like uh, what did I call it? Not the pacing. The 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 momentum just ultimately died for me because of the break. With because night of that two month break, yeah, like yeah, like the the night terrors tie-ins for Green Lantern was good, but then having that forced break in between issues two and three, yeah. like the seamless flow between issue two and issue one of the night terrors Green Lantern was great, but then. Issue two of Night Terror's Green Lantern was supposed to flow into Night's End, and he didn't appear in that issue at all. And then we jump into issue three, and it picks up halfway through issue two. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Um, and it just kind of like killed some of the momentum for me. So as much as I'm still enjoying it, I, I really didn't enjoy this issue as I thought I would or hoped I would. I was really excited for it to come out, and then I get it, and it's like, well, this... This really didn't offer many answers, if any at all. Um, and it was kind of just like moving the plot slightly along. It it was it was kind of like almost felt like a, a stepping stone issue. It it really didn't offer much to me. Except amazing art. I'll give it that. Like the art throughout this entire issue between the main and the backup, freaking amazing. Single named artists are some of the best in the world. I think we can all admit that. Uh, 8.5 out of 10 I'm excited to see Hal and Sinestro have words with each other but that's next issue so that's why I'm super excited for issue (laughs) 4 see for me the this sold it Um, the last two issues were kind of catching us up to where it needs to be this issue is is uh, finally putting us on the track obviously Hal is an earthbound lantern with whatever's going on with this ring. He can't go out into outer space, at least not successfully. And um, we've got power ringless Sinestro uh, pulling off some stuff, uh, building a crew, breaking into a hangar and stealing nothing. 
and then just showing up and saying, yeah, so I hear you've been looking for me. What in the hell does Sinestro have up his sleeve? Like, I gotta know. Um, I don't know. It probably helped me a little bit, but because of the two-month break, I went back and read issue two and then this. Um, this book makes me itch with excitement. It's not bombastic. It's just written damn well. And if we just forget the nightmare stuff, then this has been a pretty smooth story so far. A bit of a long intro for a start, for sure. But I have a feeling that this is going to be going on for, 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 for uh, whew, sorry, um, for a little while. So I'm perfectly okay with that. The colors, man. Line work, too. It looks so good. Past looking good. It matches a lantern book phenomenally. This really is a beauty for me, story and art. And that goes for the backup, too. I'm so far not overly invested, but it is good to see God Stewart in the story. And it makes sense. The Revenant Queen was once a lantern. And am I mistaken? That's a star sapphire ring, right? Not necessarily. Like It has something close to the symbol, but it's not exactly the same symbol. Okay. That's why I, I had a three question marks in my notes next yeah. to that because it looked like it so i had to ask um obviously though john stewart and this revenant queen do know each other john knows who she is and she'll be hunting down regular john pretty damn soon uh-oh get another look at revenant queen here uh i i have a sneaking suspicion and i could be very wrong that this is that universe's version of uh, Katma. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think it's Arisha. You think it's Arisia? Oh, yeah. God. That'd be fucked. But Arisia was always closer to Hal. That's the thing. That's Yeah, I just threw out a female lantern that I thought got, <laughs> got screwed over. Well, she has been screwed over many times. Yep. Rob, what if uh, what if it's Marion? Oh. Just, I mean, not oh. even like I have a theory for why that would be. That actually fits better. At one point, but just to see an old flame of John's come back. Hold up, hold up. Let me, let me. Wait. Because from my memory, she was just a dark star. She was never a lantern. Yeah, no. As, I, I think she I think one. she was just a dark star. Yeah, she was but this. Star. Oh, but, oh nope. shit! I thought that symbol looked familiar. The symbol on the ring, it upside down, is the pretty much a dark star symbol. Uh, Hot. Although damn. it could be well, because it it looks I, like they're teasing something with the that. star sapphire, so it could also be that. I don't know. So you see, yep. you see, you see that symbol? I do. Yeah, yeah. it's could very similar. It could also be. And there it is again. Um, yeah. Well, is that not because that that kind of looks like the star sapphire symbol? But I could be wrong. Well, the star star sapphire symbol is more star shaped. Okay. Uh, it's definitely more star-shaped, and in some cases had a heart inside of it. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like this. 
so it is a little okay. off. It, it's a lot closer to a dark star symbol than it is star mm. sapphire. That would be funny. Just to see if someone even remembers she exists. That they would be like awesome. Engaged. They were I like engaged. Think and then, about that. Then Green Lantern Rebirth happened and she vanished from existence. I mean, oh, she, no, I think she left John. Disappeared then, before. Yeah, she just kind of like up and left out of left. nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it was never heard from again. There. For those that... Uh, for those that have no idea what we're talking about, I just shared a picture of the star sapphire there on the stream for you guys. It is comparing that to the dark star symbol. Yeah. And I'm going to share that here in just one second. And nope, it doesn't give me it right off the bat. So that's not the case. I can't do that quick and easy, but. In any case, it definitely does not look like the star sapphire symbol, mostly, with the exception of the fact that it's the same color. Yeah. But I, fuck, Brandon, I think you're onto something there. <clears throat> so I, do I. I. Most definitely Moran. That's insane. <laughs> who would have thought of that? But awesome. I can tell you who would have thought of that. <laughs> Brandon thought of that. Well, I mean, just because like I'm, one. I'm the only one that that cares slash remembers about this stuff or remembers this stuff, not remembers I, about this. Stuff. I definitely care about Moran. I just don't remember Moran. <laughs> you weren't a big fan of all the Dark Star stuff, anyway, were you? Who me? Or, yeah. Uh, not necessarily that I wasn't a fan. It's just not something I ever read into. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, the yeah. original series is, I mean, for me at least, and I can't speak for the entire series, but at least some of the select, you know, random issues that I read, it wasn't anything terribly impressive, to be honest. Yeah. But they got Michael Jan Friedman to do it from Star Trek fame, so Star oh, wow. Trek writing fame, I guess. So there's there's that if you're mildly interested. I mean, it's definitely something I want to look into because I want the entirety of John Stewart's story. Yeah. For sure. Say, how's that mosaic collection coming along? I, I have issue 17, and that's it. <laughs> oh, no. That's that's probably all I will get, because nobody's yeah. going to be carrying Gerard Jones stuff. <laughs> um, I think I probably have, well, I, I might have one more issue than you, but yeah. coincidentally, I happen to find those in the 50s. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not like they're in high demand. No. So like, can we get rid of them? I mean, the, the shop I went to where I ended up with issue 17, I asked, like, do you have like I, the, any Green Lanterns that anything is specific? I'm like, I don't know, mosaic. And be like, I don't know, you you know about the writer, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I want to read story though. <laughs> I know what happened. <laughs> it's it's just it's a taboo topic. Yeah. yeah. And and I need to know all of John Stewart's stories so I can understand how DC thinks he's 29 years old. <laughs> That's still bugging me. Hey, homie. I'm yeah, looking at no sense. I'm looking at mycomicshop.com and all issues 1 through 18 are available. How much? Um, looks like between two dollars and fifty cents. Is that the lowest it's, it's, one? I, well, Most the of it. Is, it's not. It's not so much that 
you know, you don't necessarily, um, or you can't find them. I mean, I'm sure some stores have difficulty finding them, but it's more like you don't want that in your collection because of what it means. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely fair enough. Yeah. They are priced at, uh, most of them are um, two fifty in the very fine um, category. There, there's one that's four something. There's another one that's six something, and then the last two are eight dollars a piece. Also very fine. Last one eight dollars. Very fine. Eight point oh. So I mean, if you're if you're that into it, um, if you're looking that hard for it, and you want it there, then then there she be. Right. I mean, I still have to get through Guy Gardner's story first, and then maybe I'll focus on Mosaic. It is a rather fractured um, attempt at reading a comic book series. It's a that's uh, it's what? a pretty rough one. <laughs> that Guy Gardner story? No, Mosaic. Oh, Mosaic, yeah, yeah. From what I remember, like I, when it's talked about in the Green Lantern subreddits, it it's remembered fondly for the story, and for being a good John Stewart story, albeit very convoluted and complicated, um, and not well remembered fondly because of the writer. <laughs> but people seem to like it as a John Stewart story. That's completely. I mean, okay, so I, I did, we just, and we don't have to go on to it too long, but I feel like there's two different ways to approach this, all right, and the way that I I tried to uh, explain it to Holly was, all right, so let's say that you believe everything that was said about Michael Jackson, all right? Okay. And then there's no way you can deny everything about R. Kelly, Right. That's impossible. But when you think bump and grind, you're taken back to some kind of memory of when you got trashed or some chick or dude was something along those lines. There's no significant memories attached to that song. And when you hear it your whole life, you didn't automatically go R. Kelly. But any Michael Jackson song, you cannot separate from Michael Jackson. No. You you see what I'm... Do you understand what I'm saying? There are certain circumstances where the art is not truly the product of the creator. It's, it's more of just being a part of pop culture, like, like Bump and Grind. Yeah. Where if it was, let's say... And, you know, and I think that that's the case with Gerard Jones. Yeah, he wrote 18 fucking issues of a Green Lantern book. Um, I'm sure he got more than 18 issues while he was locked up. As far as that goes, I think on the other side of that spectrum, if it was Grant Morrison or Jeff Johns accused of such things or convicted of such things, I would have a really tough time separating that from Jeff Johns. You know what I mean? It's just like the bigger the person, the more famous the person, the harder the harder it is to separate because they're such a 
integral part of 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 what it is you're consuming that's fair yeah like so, as much as i love reading green lantern rebirth over and over again i i have a really hard time appreciating the art now yeah and yeah. i don't i don't there are those little bubbles that pop up you know like should i be okay with this but if we went through and did that with every form of media that we've ever consumed, I mean, we would have to give up every sporting event for one, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, just it, 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 it would be a vast domino thing. And as if you're going to an online shop or you're going to a dollar bin, uh, your LCS, Gerard Jones is not getting a fucking penny of that money. That's true. So if that's a story you want to read, read it. It's not going to help him. It's not going to contribute to him. And the sum of bitch sure isn't coming back to the comic community. So that that's where I stand at it. I, I'm not reading Green Lantern Mosaic and thinking, oh, my God, Gerard Jones. I'm thinking, God, I hate the way they draw John's face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Actually, one thing I really want to get into more is James Owlsley Green Lantern, but I gotta look those up. And you've got quite the uh, quite the list that you need to get through. Exactly. Um, but that's enough about '90s Green Lantern. Oh, two, did I give my score eight point seven five out of ten? Eight point five for me. Brandon, have you said anything about issue three yet? Or we just I don't, even, I don't even think so. Yeah, I'm like I'm scared <laughs> because um, I I discovered that this charger has been working, but also it hasn't. Oh, and so that's why it's it's it died and it's going to die again. Um, and uh, I have to return it at eight. So unfortunately, that's not the best of situations. But that doesn't matter for Green Lantern number three because I gave this issue an 8.5. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I know that you kind of said that the Night Terrors issues broke up the pacing, and it did, but it was nice to just kind of come back to, like, the main story. Um, right. And, I had a... Uh... You know, we've had the Sinestro, <laughs> um, you know, thread hanging in the backgrounds of issue one and issue two, and that was like, okay, we're, we're going to start it off. Um Yep. Also, I don't know something about seeing Hal and Sinestro again. Like, it's it's it feels like it's been a while, and yet it's it's kind of cool to see once more, even if the Lantern Jordan line was a little odd. Um, yeah, but a little aside odd. from that, yeah, no, I I just I dug it a lot. You can tell Jeremy Adams is just a huge nerd. It was it was uh, it was it was nice to talk to him when we did, because. I think I got a perspective of how much he really loves comics, and then seeing him just dig out this you know, deep cut right from like the first six issues of the silver age was like, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like, Oh, it's just impressive because you lifted a, you know, an old kind of part of lantern mythology, but it's clear that you're well read in this. So yeah, you can respect that at least. Um, oh yeah. The backup. Great. Montos. I don't know where you came from, but I hope you're here to stay. Um, oh, so yeah. Done well. yeah. Uh, question for you guys though, because okay. I, I know I've talked about the theory before, but, how, how do you guys feel about the, the Kilowog scenes in this issue? Uh, I thought it was funny. He's, he's, you know, he's giving his friend a little crap. Unless I'm forgetting something. Josh. 
He's <laughs> ain't he supposed to be dead? That's the theory that he's dead. It's like he's supposed to be dead. We get that part where Hal Jordan is, especially what he did to dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And you see a picture of Kilowog in the yellow lantern suit being blown away from Sinestro and Kilogar, uh, along with a couple of other people. So I'm like, Kilowog's supposed to be dead here. But, but also maybe no. Like, what if we right. just said no to that? Well, I feel like Jeremy Adams might have, but I also trust Jeremy Adams to weave it in into a, but for lack of a better word right now, believable story. Like, the, like it'll end up making sense. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like how I could see it playing out is if Kilowog is revealed to have died on Korugar, that this is just Hal's kind of not really coping mechanism, but just him seeing his best friend after death. Brandon, are you still with us? Had Here. to run outside for a little bit, but yes. I, uh, oh. What What did you say? Uh, I want to say that I think that it's possible that this earthbound ring may have something tied to Kilowatt. Maybe, could be. We'll have to wait and see. I'm curious what that theory is. <laughs> so I'll be honest with you, I didn't even think about this side of the ring until you said Earthbound Ring that is keeping him on Earth. I did not even make that fucking connection. Yep, something is definitely there, and it can't be because of the the Manhunter mental. Manhunters can go into space. Yeah. There's something else that is tying him to earth fear. and Sinestro's sitting there I don't think it's fear but Sinestro's sitting there with no ring so earthbound hell with a ring he doesn't understand and Sinestro with a regular army but no true ring that he's working with no ring at all that he's working with this is going to line up to be if not an awesome story at the very least very interesting Let me, let me check something. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm just going to look something up before I forget about it. But we can go on to our next book. Great. If y'all are ready. I, yeah, right. I need to. Yeah. All right. So World's Finest Teen Titans number three. Josh is the lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Written by Mark Wade, Art Emanuela Lupicino, Colors. Jordi Belair, letter Steve Wands, color came or cover came from Chris Amney and Mateus Lopez. All of the Teen Titans are excited about going to Titans Con. Robin wishes he was there, but Bruce won't let him go. Elsewhere, some dude named Sherman is all angry and talking mad smack to his mom. The team quickly figures out that going was a bad idea. Wally embarrasses Roy. B and Wally are nearly unmasked. Angry Sherman is obsessed with B and tries to take out the team after B shuts dude down. He's all, but we love each other, stalker bullshit. He's using magic to attack the team until Robin shows up and saves the day. 
Charlie, who apparently used to go by Golden Eagle, which I don't know, did he come back from the fucking Isle of Lost Children? Uh, he was like a mini Hawkman. I don't remember him at all. This is, this is like 70s Titans. I don't even know if you've read this stuff, but it's, um, Char- yeah, uh, Charlie was for like a hot second. I don't know if he was ever officially Hawkman's sidekick or because there's like a JLA story that kicks it off. I- I'm wasting time. It's not really important, but. He was like official, unofficial, official sidekick of Hawkman, I think, for a little bit. Gotcha. And then they brought him back during the Jimmy Palmiotti Hawkman run. All right. So Charlie, who was once Golden Eagle, points out to Robin that he still hasn't gone home, uh, which makes Dick sad. It's a sad Dick. Magic stalker dude during his transport is freed and forcefully recruited by a dark figure that says, Welcome to the Terror Titan. The art is good, but it's certainly not Lupitino's best. The rest sucked. Terror Titans, really? How far are we trying to reach here and trying to make this an interesting book? This feels like the comic book version of slapstick comedy, but nobody is laughing. The best effort here, the best part, was the lettering. The cover was downright horrible. How does a person make this stuff and not feel embarrassed? 4.75 out of 10. Aren't you happy you had this book? (laughs) I had the same opinion on it anyway. But there wasn't really a whole lot that happened in the book, so the summary and the reading did go by pretty quickly. Fair enough. Yeah, there there wasn't much to really bring up anyway. Um, I'm familiar with the terror terror attacks. I just don't know why in the hell it would be brought into this. It seems like a very, very, very long, like Mr. Fantastic long stretch to be bringing them into this. But, um, I mean, the whole thing has been silly to begin with. So that's where I'm at it with it. But I have a feeling Brandon feels completely opposite of me. Not, not completely. Um <clears throat> I just, I don't know that I disliked it as much as you. Um, Again, I'm still not really sure where on the timeline this is, whether it's the like brief window of time where the Titans kind of separated um, before the start of the new Teen Titans, or if this is in its own continuity, which it it could potentially be, I don't know. Um, I mean, it has to be, right? Because they're like... They're like drawn, you know, like way back Teen Titans, but then there's all these fucking smartphones and shit. I mean, I almost feel well, like Well, I mean, they're going to have to do that anyway because it's a sliding timeline. Like they're not yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. Like they, they obviously can't be from, you know, the 70s and then Nightwing is in his 20s. Um so in any case. Right. Um yeah, I just I'm, I'm talking like Titans history across any, you know, version of the of the timeline. Um but that's not really important. Um, I don't know. It, like, it's it's fun. It's perfectly fun. It's it's nothing great. I'm like, I still enjoy it. I've kind of just shuddered the part of my brain that's like, where is this? When? What? How? Um, and then you know, just kind of enjoying the uh, the somewhat playful interactions between the Titans, which are nice. Um, so, like, it's it's nothing special, but it's just kind of fun. Um, so, I give it a seven point five out of ten. Like, it's it's solid. I, I have a good time reading it, but it's obviously nothing incredible. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I thought it was a fun read. 
I'm really enjoying Mark Wade just having fun with his books right now between, well, at least with the world's finest stuff. Anyway, the world's finest Teen Titans, uh, world's finest Batman Superman. Uh, he's doing it with Shazam. Like he's just, he's doing some silly stuff. He's having fun with it. He's seeing what creativity he can come up with. And I'm, I'm down for it. Cause it's, I don't think it's bringing the books down personally. I think he's just looking to have fun while telling a story, and I'm all for it. I gave this an 8.5 out of 10. Well, there you go. Moving on quickly, because Brandon does have to get out of here at 8 o'clock. I'm going to share my top three of this week, and that is number one, Green Lantern, number two, Batman Inc. I'm not giving uh, Teen Titans a ranking. <laughs> <laughs> However, well, my my favorite, even though I was, even though I said I'm not sold on it yet, my favorite part was, uh, my favorite moment was listening to whatever that dude's name was, uh, talk about everything that makes up God Stewart, and I, oh, that Shepard, that yeah. more than uh, more than anything else that's happened building up to this story that painted me a picture of who this person is yeah you know what i mean i think that that was done phenomenally well shepherd is a very interesting character so far i for yeah i keep forgetting his name um as my top three number three I had green lantern number two i had world's finest teen titans and number one mystery <laughs> You'll have to tune in later. Yeah. Brandon, did you have any? Yes. Uh, three World's Finest, two Green Lantern, number one is on the bonus show. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Fair enough. Um, if my computer does not die before then, uh, you may even get to hear me talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, quick favorite moment uh, for me, Kid Flash switching around Speedy's arrows, so he kept firing the wrong one during the battles. thought that was hilarious. Definitely the prank was. The baseball game, that was very cute. That was my favorite moment. Yeah, yeah. where he uh, he threw a soft pitch to the kid that got picked on. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the show, everybody. So we are going to get out of here. So you have to as well. Don't forget to go to www.thegeekmatrixpod.com. Show us some love. Be careful out there. And remember, in the Geek Matrix, everybody has a home. In the Geek Matrix, you are not alone.